live on ACN Track. Welcome to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Welcome to another edition of Go Greyhounds, brought to you by Auto Owls, the best mechanics in the business. My name is Leah Ernest, and joining me will be Callum Robson. We've got a jam-packed show on today with the discussion of the heats of the Mandra Cup, and we're also taking a look at headquarters racing at Cannington on Saturday. And we've got a special guest, Peter O'Neill, joining us later on in the show, chatting about all things racing, how we got involved, and also Tommy Shelby in the Million Dollar Chase Third segment, we've got ownership of greyhounds. If there's anything you've ever wanted to know about getting involved, this is the show for you. And we wrap it up with Shorty and Callum's tips and a recap of Wednesday. Now, we are missing James Broadhurst, but Cal, how are you doing today? Very good. Probably better than James. He'd be a bit nervous about coming back on the show next week. Depending on how well this show goes, he might not ever be on again. Oh, gosh, we'll have to tune in next week to see how that that works out, won't we? We will. Well... We've got extraordinary depth in racing here in WA as we see very, very strong fields assemble for the heats of the Mandra Cup. Cal, let's get straight into it. Race five is the first heat and we've got, well, a fantastic field, you know, incredible hero, Pixie Manelli Campini, who was a last start winner over this track and distance in a time of 27 and 15. Are we in agreement that he's the one to beat here? He's definitely the one to beat. Uh, I came on the show and potted him a little bit last week, but it was good to see him back doing it. He took uh, a couple of dogs on the inside and took the gap up the inside, which I thought was very impressive. And I did have my doubts on whether he would take gaps up the inside of other dogs, and he did that. Uh, In this race, it's perfect for him. One, two, and three all race off the fence. He can drop down to the fence, get through again. And if he repeats the 27-15, which wasn't even a clean run, um, he'll be winning this race. I thought the dangers were Pixie Minnelli. Uh, Pixie Minnelli's got the ability to cross the inside four dogs and from there can lead. Goes really good at Mandra. Probably a little question mark on her uh, current form over, um, racing over the 520 Cannington, but is definitely in with a chance. With Pixie Minnelli, Cal, she hasn't raced down at Mandra since July. Do we have any concerns around her returning after a bit of a break? No, most dogs, most dogs do it and most dogs, once they've performed at the track, you can sort of take that on face value as they'll perform again. All right, good to know. Now, I know we had a chat earlier on and Buster Boom is not even in your sight, but he has an impressive record and is a very speedy beginner and drawn box seven here. Doesn't mind that wider draw, has won two from two here and I think has a pretty good chance, but I think the question is whether he can hold on. Yeah, I don't even have him crossing this field, which is a bit of an issue. Obviously, this is severely up in grade for Buster Boom. He um, lost on Tuesday night after leading, so I think he's definitely going to have to take the next step in a race like this. But um, Box 7's not the worst, and as you said, is a dog with a little bit of early speed. All right, good race to keep an eye on. Race 6, Heat 2. Now... I know you would love this, Cal, because Mermaid Manelli had a superb win ahead of our champion Tommy Shelby over the weekend, and I think she'll be well suited to this distance. I mean, her last eight at Mandra, she won seven, and we've also got a field all zipped up and more deductions. Yeah, it's a good race. Um, Mermaid Manelli obviously comes up with box one, looks your early leader. Um, interesting at Mandra, Mermaid Manelli doesn't go as wide out the boxes um, in the first couple of steps, so... Um, I quite like box one for her. I have big question marks on Mermaid Manelli at Mandra, though. Uh, it's a, not as tight of a track, and I think Mermaid Manelli likes the tight-turning tracks at Cannington where she can explode out of the corners. Uh, obviously, Mandra, more of a high-speed dog. I think that um, plays into a couple of other dogs' hands. I have all zipped up just getting in behind Mermaid Manelli, and I think we'll get over the top late. So that's the way I'm going. 
but more deductions, probably the best dog in the race. This box seven looks really tricky. You just don't know where it gets to at the start. They're speeding five and six, and it could get trapped wide. Um, we'll really like Mandra, and hasn't been there, but I tip it would have trialled there at some stage. I'm definitely with you with all zipped up. One last five over a mix of 520 and 490 drawn box two should have a very good chance. And more deductions. First start here at Mandra, though. Any questions around this? Yeah, that is a question mark, and I don't really like dogs that are first up, but um, Paul Stewart is based down at Mandra, so when he would have uh, brought the dog over, I tipped it would have seen the track at some stage. All right, good to know. Let's jump to here. Race three now. I was on track at Cannington on Saturday, and what a win. Flake Minnelli, not only new PB, but new track record as well at Cannington, clocking a time of 34 and 22. Will this be her 10th consecutive win? Uh, this is probably the best race out of the heats. Uh, it's the most, uh, it's most got the most depth in this, and there's some very good dogs. Flake Minnelli, very good last start. Absolutely shanghaied out the boxes and a really quick split over the 600. Um, and I don't think that track was awfully that quick. So scary to think what Flake could do on a lightning quick track. Uh, there's a lot of speed in this race. Buster the Brute's got early speed. Starbuck's got a lot of speed, and Fernando Star's got a lot of speed. Fernando Star comes back to Mandra, which I think is key. This dog goes a lot better at Mandra. Does want to cut down to the rail, but. I think from seven, uh, this dog can definitely get out one of the quickest in this race, get down to the rail, and from there um, can, pro- uh, can probably win. Even if it, uh, uh, Starbuck holds Fernando Star out, I think Fernando Star camps on the outside and will get past Starbuck. So Fernando Star is the way, uh, the way I went. Flake will be charging on, and Buster Brute will be there for a long way out, uh, potentially out in front. I do think the danger is between Flake and Fernando. Fernando, you know, as you mentioned, drawn out of box seven and loves the 490. I'm pretty sure undefeated here. Every He's won every time he's run over this distance. So definitely the danger in race seven. Now the last heat, race four, which is race, sorry, heat four, which is race eight. We've got Sir Monty, Red Cat, Manelli, Regal Twist and Quartararo. Racing in very good form, drawn out of box three and ran a very impressive time of 27.08, five starts back. Now, putting that in perspective, the track record is 27.02, so Quadraro is a very, very speedy chaser. Yeah, I'll be taking on Quadraro here. I wasn't impressed with his last two runs, thought he had every possible last start. Although running 27.33, I thought he could have done a lot quicker. That was obviously the race Campini won. Uh, had a better run than Campini and couldn't get past Campini. Uh, so Monty cuts hard to the fence two in four and is a quicker beginner. So Cordero could get taken out of play early. Uh, the dog I'll be backing is Regal Twist out in box eight. Can mind its own business. Is a dog that shows a lot of early speed. Um, has gone um, under 540 early at Cannington, which is flying and has gone really quick over the four, uh, 405 early. The last bit will be uh, the telling factor for Regal Twist and whether it can hold on, but there's bound to be trouble in behind. And I think Regal Twist is a great each way bet. On that same line, I'd probably have something on Red Cat Minnelli. Um, very messy race. Red Cat Minnelli uh, will be charging home. And we uh, got uh, two shows ago, we were told that it trialed really quick. So um, back to Mandra Suits and we'll be running home strong late. Yeah, he's definitely a runner to keep our eye on. And Sir Monty, I'm not really quite sure about his performance. He didn't perform in his only two runs over this track and distance. So a little bit of concern for him there. Yeah, and his last two runs haven't been great either. All right. Well, that wraps up the heats there at Mandra. Let's take a look at headquarters racing at Cannington on Saturday. Race five, sign strategy called field grade five over the 600. We've got Rambo's boy placed twice and won twice last four and drawn out of box five here. And Weston Roger now had a four two starts back, but has made a good comeback winning his last out of box six. Yeah, this race sets up really well for Weston Roger, in my opinion. 
Uh, Virginia Gundy and Crick gets the inside of slow beginners. I think West on Roger. Dog that likes to use the track can get out and get moving here. As quicker than four, Trotmanelli and uh, Rambo's boy in this race to the outside. If it gets on the lead, I think it's very hard to beat. I was impressed with its first up run over the 5.20. I thought it was a dog that's always been looking for the 600. Um, it's run home at 11.33 last start. Uh, is a good sign that it wants the 600 and will get the 600. I think it'll be a two-dog race. I think Rambo's boy will be in the market as well. A dog that should be suited to the 600. It's just where it gets to on the map early. Yeah, and speaking of the distance, fun fact, Weston Rogers' mum won over the 600 metres at Cannington and defeated Serena Flyhigh, which is Tommy Shelby's mum. So he may have the capability over this distance. Now, race nine, the Property Plus Real Estate over the 380. I've got my eyes set on counting Kruna. She's won her last five last night as well. There at Cannington, loves this track and distance and has proven strong form regardless of where he's drawn. Yeah, bound to come a very short price favourite and potentially I might look to take it on just because I know it'll be under that $2 range. So um, Winston Mir from Box 5, I've talked about it a lot. Box 5 over 380 is really good. Lines up with the rail. If you go to the track and actually stand behind the boxes, if you're situated behind Box 5, it actually lines up directly with the rail. So in my opinion, Box 5 is a bit of a Box 1 over um, 5 over the 380 mark. Uh, Fab's Exercise was also very good last start. Came home in very quick time. Suited out in Box 6 is a dog that likes to use a lot of the track. So I think uh, those two at a bit of value might be the way to go. Definitely. Thanks very much for your thoughts, Cal. And that wraps up our segment on the heats of the Mandra Cup as well as chasing at Cannington. And before we take a break, we have a message from our sponsors. Auto Owls is family-owned and operated, and their number one priority is to get to know you and your car personally. Whether it be a logbook service, mechanical repairs, air conditioning or electrical, they can help. For your convenience, Auto Owls offers 24-hour servicing. They are located at 13 Seven Oak Street, Bentley. Head to their website, website autoowls.com Check out their Facebook page or you can contact them on 6220-7508. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Welcome back to Go Greyhounds. We are about to be joined by, by a very special guest, Peter O'Neill. Welcome, Pete. How are you? Hi, good morning, and also to uh, Callum as well. Very excited to be able to uh, make it finally by getting onto uh, your wonderful program. Oh, thank you for joining us. And we are very glad to have your company. Of course, you call all the action there at Cannington, and we've had very exciting racing down there. And I had the pleasure of joining you on Saturday, of course, seeing Flake Minnelli beat her old track record. And, of course, we saw Mermaid Minnelli take the win over Tommy Shelby. It's always a you see track records being broken and uh, Flake Minnelli's flying at the moment. She's won her last nine in a row. And David Hobby had a big night when Mermaid Minnelli won his uh, fifth WA Bread Championship, uh, defeating the WA a favourite in Tommy Shelby, who will be getting on a plane on Monday and heading across to New South Wales to contest the semi-finals of the Million Dollar Chase. It'll be pretty exciting to have an ownership or part ownership. I know Callum has a couple of dogs in a Million Dollar Race coming up over the next couple of weeks. That is very exciting. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But for now, we are going to discuss how you got involved into Greyhound Racing. You do have a bit of an interesting story. Well, if we go back to before greyhound racing, I was uh, brought up on a farm and my father was uh, a race caller slash uh, amateur jockey. 
and I would get on a swing when I was uh, two, three years of age with a whip. I pretended to be the jockey and the race caller, and I never, ever got beaten while I was on the swing, whipping the uh, swing and uh, calling races. And then as uh, time progressed, I started working in a bank by the time I was 17 and called a phantom call of a Melbourne Cup for the staff. One of the girls that I worked with, her uncle was a harness caller, so he convinced me to uh, try... um, harness calling so I went to Gloucester Park and practiced trials and when I started actual calling harness racing I was coming over the hill the escarpment in Perth and the first ever greyhound race that I heard was a a greyhound by the name of Afro Freeway who recently was inducted into the Railway Hall of Fame trained by the late Keith Harding and um, that was back in the 70s early 80s or probably the early 80s and I was lucky enough to then sort of get an involvement with Greyhound Racing with Craig Evans, who was the caller at the time. He needed a backup caller and said, Pete, come along. So I went from calling harness racing, where you had as much time as you wanted, to trying to call Greyhound Racing, which is all over with the 500 metre races all over in 30 seconds. The first three months, I couldn't put a race together, but I've been lucky enough uh, since then to be able to improve to the level I'm at at the moment. Yes, and very impressive calling, Pete. I get the pleasure of listening to you in the studios on a Saturday night when I'm in at Tab Radio. Now, obviously, very different calling harness racing to greyhound racing because of the speed, and obviously chasing is a very short race. What skills are required to call, and what do you do to prepare for a race? Well, because the harness racing, you had plenty of time to be able to ad-lib if you've got a horse's name. Uh, with greyhound racing, you don't have that opportunity. I started um, uh, visualising the greyhounds coming out much larger than what they were and in much slower um, time frame, so they're basically in slow motion. So by visualising them coming out slow, I was able to then put a race call together and now I seem to have as much time as I want, even over the 275 metres where the race is are running around about 16, 16 and a half seconds. So you can imagine that you don't get a lot of time. The preparation, I do the form in um, the same as a punter would do in trying to work out who we believe the leaders will be in the race, um, the mapping of the race, who the, the fast finishes are and so forth. And there, from that point on, I then get to the race day, learn the Greyhound's names, uh, probably five minutes before the race. Some people ask why I don't learn a lot before that is the fact that with 12 races on a program, you need to be able to forget the Greyhound's name straight after you finish calling them. Otherwise, it will affect you calling the next race. So a short period of time in memorising the Greyhound's names, then as soon as the boxes open, I call normally the favourite first because the favourite's obviously the one with the most money on from punters and they want to know where their Greyhound has jumped let them know where that is and then just describe what is actually happening. So whether there's trouble in a race, uh, who the leader is, uh, who the greyhound's running on and try and be as accurate as you possibly can. And obviously when the greyhounds uh, hit the deck and run, you've obviously got to filter through and call every greyhound. How, what's the technique to getting back to the leader? Do you know how where that greyhound is or do you have certain points and when you're doing the form, do you know where roughly that greyhound will be by the time you get to the end dog? Yeah, so I always, depending on the distance, Callum, of the race, but would would concentrate on a 500-metre race. So I'll call the greyhounds into the first corner, and I'm normally through to the last greyhound by the time they enter the back straight. Um, And I then call the greyhounds the first four or five coming towards the home corner. I always want to be back at the leader by the time they start swinging around the home corner. Otherwise, 
um, because it's such a, a short straight, if you go too far back through the field calling 5th, 6th and 7th, um, you don't actually describe, I don't believe you can describe the actual finish of the race. And it's important for the punters, especially a lot of them now. When I first started, we didn't have TV and the vision like they do now. But um, a lot of punters still drive around in cars listening to the races on the radio. I've got a friend who is 90% blind and he listens totally to the race callers around Australia. And that's the only sort of vision. He visualises what we're saying in his mind and can, and he's a very good tipster from from that. So what I'm basically saying is I get back to the leaders coming off the back straight and then be able to describe the first two, three, four across the line um, as they go up the straight. And do you think it's something that comes natural to um, someone? Do you think you have it always in you? And if you did want to get involved, what's the best way to practice? Just putting the TV on mute and calling them at home? Well, the best way is to get to the track. Um, Calling it off a TV screen, you're really relying on the cameraman and you don't actually always see exactly what's going. So if you can get to the track, when I was calling, there was always a uh, second or third box of the trots where we had the um, opportunity to go lock yourself in there because it's quite, when you're starting, you're quite embarrassed. You don't want people to actually hear you. Um, You have to get over that and we've got a couple of callers that are coming through Western Australia at the moment who will go and sit upstairs at the Box One restaurant um, on a Wednesday night or a Monday afternoon when there's no one there. And even though the PA system is going over them uh, with my calls, they concentrate and practice calling while on the track. So, yes, you can do it by doing it off, turning the volume down and calling from home, but it's much, uh, much preferable if you can actually get to the track and, and practice at the track. Um, the accuracy is, is the, main, the main thing for young people coming through if they want to um, call. A lot of people think it's all about the excitement at the end of the race, but to describe and to be a good broadcaster, you need to be able to describe everything that's happening. So I start a meeting by telling the people what the weather conditions are like. I'm, I'm known for the gum trees and the sun setting and just to sort of paint the picture. Now, a lot of people that see on the vision, they can see a lot of that information. Um, but as I said, when I started, because I'm a lot older than used to young'uns, um, when I first started, uh, they didn't have the vision. So we would describe everything and paint the picture, so to speak, um, through, through the old wireless. It is very good that you do that, Pete, because as you mentioned, a lot of people do listen on the radio, so it gives them a bit of a visual when they're driving as to what is happening out on the track. Um, What would you say is your most memorable call? Um, I've had a few that I've enjoyed. When I first started calling Greyhounds, which was back in around 1998, I had a Greyhound that I loved called Reggie Might. I thought I was a pretty good caller back then, but when I go back and listen, I realise that I've improved a lot since then. Uh, 2008, there was a greyhound by the name of Electra who won a Group 1 Galaxy over the 700 metres at the old Cannington. There was a huge crowd on course and we had told the people that Electra would be last early and she'd work her way through the field and if you get the chance to Google or YouTube the, the call and have a look. She comes from last, she works her way through the field up against the best greyhounds around Australia and she gets up to win. And So that was pretty exciting. And then I was lucky enough to call a greyhound by the name of Miata who at the time was the highest stake-earning greyhound in Australia. She won over $750,000. At her first uh, couple of starts, she broke the track record as a maiden. And Greyhounds WA decided to try and uh, boost money for cerebral palsy and also bring some recognition to Miata. They offered, uh, I think it was around $5,000 for, uh, for her next start if she could break the track record. So she came out and broke her track record. She did that three times. She raised a lot of money for cerebral palsy. And then she stepped up to the 600. She broke track records over the 600 metres 
And then she went up to the 700 metres where she won a couple of galaxies. She was a dual Australian Greyhound of the Year and she broke track records not over, not only over the 700 metres here in Perth, but she went to Wentworth Park, Hobart, and also in Victoria and broke track records over there. So she was really exciting and loved watching her. Another dog that's having a similar influence on the Greyhound community, especially in WA, is Tommy Shelby. Obviously getting people to the track, there's people that dress up as Tom, uh, as the character Tommy Shelby. Um, the owners and the trainers have uh, been donating to charity 10%. Um, even bar tabs on track, which has been obviously once again getting people to the track. Um, how's he influenced the uh, Greyhound and uh, Greyhound's WA community? And from your perspective, what influence does he have? Well, I love the series Peaky Blinders, of which Tommy Shelby uh, comes out of. It was an outstanding series. If you get, if you haven't seen it, well worth watching. Um, and for a Greyhound to come out like Tommy Shelby out of the series, he, he races like. Um, the actor Tommy Shelby, he's tough, he's smart, he runs through fields and is able to negotiate his way through. So people love watching him and he is not unbeatable, as we saw last Saturday night, but he always gives his best. He always puts you in a position that uh, you've got a really good chance of winning a race and I think that's what people like. And the fact that the owners who and, and the trainer have never had a really good outstanding greyhound, they're now on the ride with their kids and they're, they're not frightened to bring the community in. And a lot of people, you know, young guys that might be in football clubs or watch Peaky Blinders, they see the name Tommy Shelby. Let's get out to Cannington. So it's been able to attract people. And um, I've been involved in greyhound racing, as I said, back since 1997. And it's always been difficult to try and promote greyhound racing. And when you get a greyhound like a Miata that has a big name or a name like Tommy Shelby, and the owners and the trainers are happy to put their dog out there for the people, um, for them to come out and share. They can have a photo with him if they wanted to. As you mentioned, they opened up and put a bar tab on last week. They've donated to Beyond Blue and then to a young trainer in New South Wales who passed away recently, donating 10% of their time. You know, that's fantastic to be able to give back to the industry where they get a lot of enjoyment from. I think it's very important. And Tommy Shelby's coming up in a million-dollar chase. From your perspective, he obviously has to have a good chance in that. How do you think he'll go? I think he'll go really, really well. Um, we saw um, earlier in the year he was in the WA series, WA Derby series, where a greyhound from Victoria came across called Catch the Thief. Now, Catch the Thief um, beat Tommy Shelby two or three times. Tommy Shelby couldn't get near Catch the Thief. They went across to Wentworth Park, and Tommy Shelby won and then ran second in a feature final over there where Catch the Thief didn't perform as well. I think the track at Wentworth Park really suits a greyhound like Tommy Shelby. You need to be smart. You need to have some courage to be able to push through where some greyhounds are too frightened to go through. And I think he's a really good chance. Obviously, he needs to draw well in the semi-finals on Saturday week. And then if he draws well and if he can qualify, what a ride it is for not only his owners, but a lot of the greyhound fraternity over here in Western Australia and the Peaky Blinders fans that have followed his career to have a greyhound go into a final that has $1 million to the winner. Um, and obviously you've been in the industry a long time. Certain changes have been made. What are the positive changes that have happened over the period? The positive changes that have happened is, um, well, there's, there's numerous positive changes. One of the, the changes that we had in recent years, probably four or five years ago, as we moved from the old Cannington to the new Cannington track. While I don't necessarily... Um, I love the old Kennington track and I actually preferred it to the new one. I think the facilities that we've got now, the fact that they're new, the old ones were very, very old. Um, 
the promotion that we see with young people getting involved, um, guys like yourself, Callum, and also even Leah, and you've got some friends. We see young guys coming out to the track with their laptops, wanting to have a, a bet on the greyhounds. We never used to see that in the past, and I think the greyhound industry, because the racing's so quick, um, it's affordable um, and it's good fun, then a lot of the young ones are really getting involved, and I think the future for greyhound racing, not only here in Western Australia, but across Australia, is going to be very, very bright. And also, Pete, with changes in technology these days, obviously, as we've seen with the pandemic happening this year, I know you're on the, you are on the selection panel for the Top Gun, and you flew over last year, but this year, due to the circumstances, things have been changed a bit, and I believe things are going to be done differently. How will you be doing the selections for the greyhounds that get invited to race in the Top Gun? Well, I've been told there's a thing called Zoom. Now, I'm over 50 years of age and I've never heard of Zoom. You guys might be able to help me out with that. But Zoom or FaceTiming, where we'll get the panel together, all together from different states around Australia, Queensland, New South Wales, even New Zealand, and we'll all come together on our phones or on, on the internet and uh, be able to discuss the panel. Last year when we went over, it's great. You sit around a table, have a couple of drinks and it's a good debate. Uh, you know, I put up last year about Campini who didn't make the Top Gun final and I argue the points of why I thought Campini would be in from a WA point of view. A lot of the eastern states, people don't see uh, WA racing as highly as what we do. I think the breeding industry over here has really, really improved over the last five to six years. Our greyhounds in recent years have gone across and won the national sprint, including West on Augie, and then we saw premium share um, last year win the national sprint. Um, we've won the national distance final a couple of times, and I think our WA dogs like Tommy Shelby, I'll be pushing Tommy Shelby to get into the top gun field, and uh, Flake Manelli, there's not too many better stayers at the moment going around than Flake Manelli. She won her last nine. She's a really talented chaser. I think she's getting a following, the fact that she's got blinkers, and from a WA point of view, it's good that we're on the panel because I can then push the WA flavour and try and get a WA Greyhound into the invitation-only um, fields of the Top Gun. Now, from the Victorian point of view, they'd like to see all Victorian Greyhounds in there. Um, now that we've got Queensland, WA, New Zealand, it's a broader sense that we are, we are able to promote the whole Greyhound industry in Australia by having the states actually go in, if the greyhounds are good enough, go in and compete against each other in an invitation race. We won the race going back, or oh, back in maybe 2001, 2002, with a greyhound called Lindale Blue. Started around about $35 early, and the WA punters backed him in to around six to one, and he got up and scored because at the time they didn't have the respect for WA greyhound racing. So we, we as punters had a had a fill up that night, but. Hopefully we'll be able to have a greyhound like Tommy Shelby in the sprint and maybe a Flake Manelli in the stairs, the final of the Top Gun coming up in November. And we are very proud to see WA chasers over there, Pete. And as you mentioned, we do have superb chasers coming out here in WA and we would love to see them race more and more over east. Thank you very much for your company today, Pete. No problems at all. Enjoy the show. Keep, work, keep up the good work. That was Peter O'Neill, greyhound caller there at Cannington. Plenty more to come on the show. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. 
Welcome back to Go Greyhounds. Now, I don't know about you, Cal, but I love myself a little bit of chicken and chasing. And right now, Greyhounds WA have a palmy pint and punt special going for $25 every Tuesday at Mandra and every Wednesday at Cannington. Cal, were you there yesterday? And you did say it was pumping a little bit? Yeah, it was very busy yesterday. Obviously, school holidays, all the young kids out there and all the parents taking advantage of the uh, palmy punt and pint. So... Oh, it was very good on track to see everyone down there. It was good atmosphere, and, yeah, I think it's a great deal and make the most of it. Fantastic. Now, Cal, you've obviously been involved in greyhound racing for quite some time now with a few greyhounds of your own. How do you get involved in greyhound racing? How does one who has no idea get a greyhound? Well, the easiest way for someone that doesn't know anything and doesn't know any connection are the syndicates. So you've got a couple um, roller coaster racings, one he does it free of charge. There's no excess costs or um, he'll buy a dog for 5000 sell it out for 5000 and it's very good racing. He's got a couple of good dogs himself, First Rule, Blue Glitter and the likes. He sources a lot of his dogs over from Queensland and he'll bring them over. So that's, a, that's one way. Um, there's another way at the track racing. They don't have as many dogs in WA at the moment, but are looking to come over here and they get dogs from over east, uh, generally uh, New South Wales and Victoria and bring them over. And I think Shane Williams um, does a lot of the training for them. So if you contact them, they're on Facebook at The Track Racing. And another one who's popped up um, last night is Drew Goodman. He's done a lot of, tra- um, he's had a lot of dogs in the past. He's uh, has dogs in New Zealand, Selectric, probably the best one, the best sprinter. He's got a lot of dogs over here too. And he's done it um, for family and friends, but he's looking to um, expand out into the public. So, uh, last night he sent out a post. I had a chat to him and he said he's looking for uh, people of interest. So he's one that's uh, looking for people for syndication racing. You can contact him, Drew Goodman, on Facebook or on Twitter. It's um, Drew Boy, capital D-R-E-W, and then Boy is capital B-O, and then five Ys. So why, 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 why? So I'm glad we clarified that. There's five Ys on the end. So you contact him on Facebook or Twitter and he can get involved. Syndication is a great way of getting involved because all they they do all the work in terms of the the maintenance and updates. You get plenty of updates from them. A lot of them do the form as well, so they can let you know when when the uh, good times to punt their dogs. They're good at picking up dogs. He's had a lot of success for syndicating um, to his family and friends. So I definitely uh, advise getting involved with him. Um, easy to talk to um, and easy to get involved. Shares I. Um, can come in any shot type. So 2.5% or if you did want a lot more, there's a lot more available and the cost is not a lot. A lot of those guys get um, short sprinters racing over the 302 and 275. So the overall cost for the dog is very small. So there's a couple of ways you can get involved. Um, a great way. And if I was the first time owner trying to look for a greyhound, I'd definitely get in contact with one of those people. How often do you have contact with the trainer themselves? Um, oh, the trainers are pretty like, my trainer, I'll contact him multiple times a week. Um, they probably do a lot of contacting themselves and pass on the updates. The trainers are always happy to speak to you, though, and have a chat. They're always um, happy with new owners uh, and bringing new owners in. And, yeah, they're happy for you to contact them and have a chat about the dogs and other dogs in the kennel as well. Oh, that's good to know. Now, what is it like owning a greyhound, Cal? Are you always nervous before going into a race? Yeah, I'm always nervous. Depending on the races, how nervous I am. Uh, when Buster was in the Perth carpet, I was very, very nervous that night. Um, obviously, if he's racing in a normal race, I'm not as nervous, but I just want to see him do well and get around safely. Um, uh, yeah, there is a like, there is a story I, I 
it was on Lou Dawson night, so it was a listed race, and Buster was box one. I didn't give him much hope at all, and I actually backed another dog in the race um, to win in place. Uh, Buster hit the lead around the home bend, and I was in the living room because Corona had just kicked in, so he couldn't go to the track. But I was in the living room clapping my hands at Buster to hold on, had no idea about where the other dog was in the race, um, and actually lost a bet on that race. But um, that just shows you how much the winning feeling, you can't really compare to anything else. It's not like anything else, no other feeling like anything else. Even a big bet win doesn't compare to your dog crossing the line first, especially in a big race. Yeah, no, there's definitely no feeling that can compare, I bet. And, well, I have been lucky enough to have a share in a horse who has been racing recently, but never in a greyhound. How does ownership differ with horse racing? So there's no ongoing costs, which is massive. Uh, it's a one-off payment you pay to the trainer. Um, a lot of the trainers do a 50-50 split uh, with the winning prize money, which is great because you pay the one-off bill and then if your dog's not racing, you're not paying any costs, which is obviously a positive for people that are looking to get in, especially for the smaller end of people. Um, they go around every week, which is a top thing, uh, is an element they had not talked about a lot. Obviously, horse racing... They're likely to have four runs, spaced runs, and then have to go out for a spell. Greyhound doesn't necessarily have to go out for a spell. They can keep racing. There's greyhounds out there that have had 150 starts. So most of them can go in week in, week out, um, even multiple times a week. There's certain trainers that like to send their dogs around every Tuesday and Sunday. Um, and another thing, yeah, is it, yeah, the long spell, I think, is the um, positive and the racing. Very informative, Cal, and also goes to show that greyhound racing is definitely more achievable in terms of ownership. And uh, that will be it for this segment, Cal, because we do have a very exciting segment coming up with, of course, David Short from Tab Touch, and we will also have your thoughts on upcoming racing after this break. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Welcome back to Go Greyhounds. Now we are joined with David Short from Tab Touch. Shorty, how are you going? Yeah, really well. Thanks, Leia. Cal, Rob, great to be with you guys. Good to have you on the show. Now we've got obviously exciting night of chasing at Mandra with the heats of the Mandra Cup. We'll get into that a bit later on, but let's jump into the recap of Wednesday Racing. Yeah, some nice performances through the night. We'll quickly go through. Junkyard Kerry in the first in 16.28 with a nice winner of the novice for James Jeffries. In the second, Teleport Tilly for Ricky Valenti. 22.16 suggests this dog will be winning some races heading forward. The maiden went the way of Rippon Memphis for Shane Williams. So that lid is showing a bit of promise. That was a nice winner last night in 30 and 14. Dynamic Diesel for Endo Cradelli in the fourth. Race five is where we started to get a few dogs that we can hear onwards as a few can jump into the black book and be backing for a result in the upcoming coming weeks. Stargazer, um, certainly off the data in recent weeks, is a dog that has stood out a little bit. I thought it was a good, brave win there last night. It's got races to win in the upcoming weeks, so we can stick with race five, number six, Stargazer, as a dog to follow. Sunset Nuclear back to Cannington, lit the track up last night, 29.72, straight to the front, put on a chasing clinic. It was really, really, really impressive. Counting Kuna continues to dominate 380-metre racing. It's winning 21.54 was hot. Race eight, Matsumi's another dog. Jot into the black book. Still got some cheap races to win. It was a really good effort to finish off well for a 22.03 win. Race nine, Sweet But Psycho, 29.83. Uh, a really impressive performance. And the last was a boy label with Gypsy Zen on. 
uh, getting the better of Barefoot Tycoon. Barefoot Tycoon was a sick bag watch. Anybody that was aboard it, uh, don't drop off. This dog will be winning plenty of races. So really good night of chasing last night there at Cannington. Good chasing indeed with some impressive times. Now, what have you got for us for chasing down in Mandra tonight? Yeah, good program like this card tonight down there at Mandra. Looking for better bets on the program. I thought that uh, race five, number eight, Lady, Bar- Lady Barbar looked really well placed. Hand was a wide draw. Uh, got a dog that will head to the inside in box seven. Gets all the favours. Should get the cash in the fairy floss. Race five, number eight, Lady Barbar. I think number five, high tensile, will run a place in that race. So it looks a really good novelty race. Eight to win and five high tensile into second or third. Uh, deeper into the program, the free-for-all is an interesting race. Nice images being going really well in easier races. Steps up to free-for-all company. I thought off box one, happy raids. Look to get every possible opportunity here. It's probably got an experience edge over nice image and at the odds could be definitely entertained as a super chance race. Seven, number one, happy rage. Uh, later on into the program, um, I thought that... Um, King Magic looked a good chance in race 11. But again, in that race, a nice place bet, number seven, Thunderboom. You can probably be throwing it into your novelties uh, with a little bit of confidence as well. So pretty good night of chasing to look forward to there tonight at Mandra. Standout bets, race five, number eight, Lady Barbar from uh, number five, High Tensile, to be running a place. Um, and then deeper into the card, I thought definitely um, we could be having something on Ping Magic and Happy Rage should go well off the inside drawing the top grade race. Now, what everyone is looking forward to, the heat of the Mandra Cup at Mandra tomorrow night. What have you got for us? Great chasing right throughout the course of the program, but at Group 3 level, the biggest race of the year at Mandra. Um, some of our star sprinters heading along for the series this year. Campini was excellent last week, winning in 27.54 in quick time. Has gone as quick as 27.15 at the track. Map's a little bit messy. I'm going to dodge that race. I thought Mermaid, fresh off success in the WA Bread Championship final last week, it'd go well. So race six, number one, Mermaid Manelli. Race seven, number three, Flake Manelli, fresh off smashing the 600-metre track record at Cannington last week. Looks to stand out in race seven. Uh, then in race number eight, uh, Cordoraro takes on Red Cat Manelli. Also um, Sir Monty's in that race. Regal Twist is in that race. It's a really deep heat. Um, better bets on the program. Race four, number two, Einsteinium. And a couple that should be close to each way odds. Race two, number five, Resting Toucher each way. And race three, number two, First Rule each way. I want a wonderful night of chasing at Mandra Friday night. Very, very strong fields there. Let's head to headquarters, Cannington on Saturday. Any runners we should be taking note of? Yes, certainly. I really like these distance potential heats, uh, races five, six and seven on the program. I thought Weston Roger was a standout race five, number three. Ground that's been running slick times over the 500. The pedigree there to run longer distance should be able to find the top and be hard to beat. Race five, number three. Race six, number one, so tough. Um, really impressive last week. Draws inside again here. Should get every chance to run another cracking race. Race six, number one, so tough. Uh, race eight, number four, Hasty Guest, the greyhound that uh, drops back to 520 for some really good 600-metre races of late. And I think Hasty Guest will take all the beating. Race eight, number four. And County Kuna stands out again. Over the 380s, been dominant in recent times. Can continue on the winning way. So um, another excellent night of chasing Saturday night out there at Cannington. Lots for the punters to look forward to. Definitely a very exciting few nights of chasing coming up at both Mandra and Cannington. Thanks, Jordy. No worries, guys. Out yourselves and all the punters. Many winners over the next few nights. And Cal, let's get your tips for the upcoming nights. Uh, so race four, number eight, Who Be You comes up um, in race four tonight. I think it'll be uh, winning this race again. Has won two in a row, so it's not an obvious pick, but I think it's, it's suited out in box eight. It's a dog that really wants to go wide. Um, 
So box eight is suited. Um, in, t- uh, in two, there's another favourite uh, who's not hit and miss out um, and will struggle. Race 11, I'm with Shorty, Ping Magic. It's a pretty hot race. I think uh, Ping Magic can get out and lead from box one. The inside's very good for this dog. Um, Winlock Georgia and Lockbray Moss can get out, but both want to use the track at the corner, which is vital. Uh, Campfire Cologne's been racing okay. Um, the Dangers is Junkyard Dare, who's suited out in box six, has been racing really well over the 302, but does have to contend with a little bit of speed to the inside with Sticky Vicky. Thunderboom um, will be running on for a place. It's a dog that likes to use a little bit of the fence from box seven, though, so I'll take it on. And his decision, I don't think, can win from eight. Um, on to Friday night, um, I'm with Shorty. Race four, number two, Einsteinium. Um, quality trialed before the last start in 22.47, which is really rapid. Got the start wrong last start, still went 6.66 after really good muster. Um, from there, from box two, has a wide beginner in, um, in Cerberus Manelli from three. So we'll get room to move and a sl- slow beginner in one who misses the start all the time, Torza. Um, the two dogs to the outside, Kenya Bandito, will want to use the track. So Einsteinium gets to a, a great run through. The track will be playing really quick on Friday night, so you want to be finding um, leaders on that track. Mandra Cup Heats means they'll be um, running really quick time. Uh, race 8, number 8, Regal Twist, I'm really keen on. I'm going to take on Quartararo. Regal Twist will stay wide, has gone uh, 540 or under 540 over the 520 at Cannington, which is really rapid. And from there, I think can stay wide and run on. The last bit will be the issue, but from there, um, from there can definitely be in the placings. And Cal, now look, we've obviously got a very exciting few nights of chasing coming up. But if you had to pick a best bet coming up in Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, who would it be? Um, I'm going to go with Weston Roger over the 600. Um, I th- we've talked about it uh, before. I think can muster up from box three, lead and win. Been looking for 600, and as you said early on the show. The mum got the 600, so hopefully Weston Roger can do the same. And Shorty's definitely with you there, Cal. And, yeah, very, very good program coming up at both Mandra and Cannington. And that does wrap up our segment of Go Greyhounds. Thank you for your company. We will be back next week. This show brought to you by Auto Owls. Live on SEN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.